So uh, this is Arnie Joe, and uh, I'm talking to Dane. Hello. I'm uh, I'm a bit a uh, bit annoyed this week. Um, one of our fucking listeners contacted me and says that our fucking intro is boring. <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah, I think he's right. I think we need to like add um, some guns and maybe some explosions, car chases. You know. Okay, then. Laser okay, sounds. Then. Well, so, you know, we'll do the fucking intro, and I'll put some fucking air raid sirens and some fucking, you know, uh, some uh, and some fucking gunshots over it, and hopefully it'll sound better. Also, this week, just because of that, I'm going to say it sounding really pissed off. Okay. Hi, uh, welcome to Movie Butts. This is a, a movie podcast where we, we pick a fucking topic. Do a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of those topics. The fucking categories we use to decide the fucking math is Metacritic, IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes, the box office, and the budget. We mix all that together, we make a really angry Arnie Joe, and we fucking get the best and worst of the topic. And those topics include things like what, Dane? What do we fucking do? We do our action movies... Uh, movies from a particular decade, like I might say, like this week, I'm going to suggest uh, every movie from 1963, and then Joe takes no, every not. film ever made in that year, and he puts it through the machine, and then out comes the best and the worst of that topic, and then we we watch them, and then we talk about them. What are some What are some past topics we've done? Um. Well, we did. Uh, what did we just do? Like Marvel or something? What was the shit we... Oh, we did Pirates, Pirates of, of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean we did last week, which was just great. Yeah. So, you know, like, I don't care how long this fucking person's been listening to us. There's always fucking people that might discover us one week and not know what the fuck this is. So, I don't know. Should we just not fucking tell people what the fuck this is and just talk shit? Like, yeah, let them figure it what is out. This? Is this figure a job? Is this is this real or what? I say we we from now on we do the podcast like in the spirit of Southland Tales and just explain nothing and just let people figure out what this is by by listening. You know Southland Tales. Yeah. You like that movie? No, I don't. And uh, it's it's interesting that you pick you mentioned that movie because uh, what was our topic this week, Dane? And what movies did we watch? Is his name Thomas Vinterberg? That's right. Yes, I'm so stoked I was able to remember that. Yeah, we watched um, the best and the worst of Thomas Vinterberg. His entire career. Yeah. Yeah, his entire career. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so and we uh, the best and the worst was um, the worst was. The, it's called something about love or it's all about love. It's all which, about love. Yeah. Which is basically like he's Southland tales. Um, yeah. And did the, you, were you thinking that when you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Except uh, I didn't like this one. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. And the other one we watched is called um, help. Everyone thinks I'm a pedo or the hunt. Yes, or the hunt. It's is got the one of those. Name of it's the movie. got one of those wanky titles. It's called the hunt, or help everyone thinks I'm a pedo. Uh, <laughs> so, um, when I picked this topic, uh, my main inspiration was I've I, I've watched a lot of movies. 
um, and from a, a wide variety of different genres, backgrounds, all this shit. You know, I, I like to watch, you know, well, fucking we do a movie podcast. We watch a bunch of movies. And I realized I hadn't really seen anything from the Dogma 95 movement, which was the um, the European fucking manifesto of keeping cinema, tra- like doing a really avant-garde thing with cinema where you try and keep it as naturalistic as possible. You know, that generally means the inclusion of, only natural light you're not allowed to do do stories about violence or things that are out of you know out of the norm you're meant to keep it as naturalistic and stuff so one thomas vinterberg was one of the main key members of this movement so i'm like fuck i really need to see festin the celebration which was his first film which i thought was going to be his best because that's what we do here. We pick topics to try and rig it for us to watch a certain movie. And every time we do that, we get something else, don't we, Dane? Yeah, we invented so, a system simply to rig it. Basically, and that, it never that was our goal. In our favor. And it never works. So um, how it worked out was The Hunt from 2012 um, was nominated for Best Foreign Film, made a lot of money on its on its budget, Um Critic scores were the highest of all of his films. The only category in which um, Festin won was in Audience on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure. Um, But the fact that The Hunt had far more critical reviews than Festin means that it won in terms of it has a higher score plus a larger volume of consistent reviews. So hypothetically, if they both had 93%, but... The Hunt earned 93% from 12,000 reviews as opposed to Festin with 800. It's quite clear that The Hunt had a better overall critical response simply because there's a wider range of reviews for it. Mm. Um, And it was quite easy to decide what the worst was. It's all about love. Uh, Fucking didn't even make a million dollars. Fucking the IMDb score for It's All About Love is something stupid like 5.4, Metacritic 32%. This film was made Claire... What's her name? Claire Danes fucking cry at the premiere at how fucking awful it was. Um, Yeah, this this, this is... It's All About Love was mathematically like unstoppably his worst film is that true the hunt what's that claire danes cried at the premiere is that true she cried at the premiere yeah that's she she cried when she saw the film (laughs) um which i would too because holy shit um yeah so you know i'm a little surprised by the hunt but i was always I, i hadn't seen the hunt and i was excited to see it as well so it wasn't um like I wasn't, like, disappointed. I got to see something new that I hadn't seen, but I was surprised because Festin is regarded as, like, one of the groundbreaking movements, movement movies of the 90s. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, Shall you tell us a little bit about these movies? And, uh, yeah, I'd like to hear what you think. Yeah, okay. So, The Hunt is about a um, teacher. Is this set in Poland? Do you know? It's set in Denmark. Denmark. Which is where he's from. Okay, so he's a Denmark guy. (laughs) He's a preschool teacher. And uh, then he gets accused of 
displaying his genitals to a little girl, um, but he didn't. But everyone in town just, like, hears that he did. And so then everyone turns against him. That's it's pretty much it. Uh, and it's all about love. Is about a Polish writer. I think he's a writer played by Joaquin Phoenix, who's coming to New York to visit his girlfriend, who is an ice skater. Who wife? Is, that's his wife. He's trying to get his divorce papers signed. That's what the whole thing is about. That's why he's meeting her. I thought it was a different... Did you watch this movie, Dan? Yeah, I did. But I thought that... Okay, so I knew about the divorce papers. So he rocks up to New York and he's like, "Uh, Hello, I'm just here to get my papers signed. But then he meets up with... I guess who is meant to be the woman that signs the papers. Who, but I thought she was a different woman because he's like in love with her. He talks about how beautiful she is and then they try to run away together and then they fuck and and the whole time. No, that's, like, that's his wife. Who he's trying to get divorced from. Yeah. But is infatuated with. Yeah. Okay. And plus the movie is set in 2021 and... Uh, mis- how, how spooky was that? Yeah, a mysterious illness is killing people and um, global... Heartbreak. War- global, <laughs> global warming is about to destroy the world. Make people in Uganda fly away, apparently. Yeah, uh, I didn't get the whole Ugandan thing, so we can get into that. But yeah, that's basically what the movies are about. How's my synopsis for The Hunt? Is that too dry i well like i think it i think there's a bit more to it than that but i think i think thematically we can kind of go into what Mm. i what i think he's trying to say um with the film which i don't think it's about it's not a film about pedophilia at all in my opinion i think it has something to do with someone being pushed to the brink and then having to fight like rediscover themselves in a way like that's kind of what i got from it mm-hmm. um but yeah what did you think of these two films and what do you think of my pick overall um yeah i'm interested to see more from uh this dude um you know the thing with the hunt uh i think it was last week that you and i had a you and i briefly touched on the topic of director intent. And I was saying that for me, director intent is a small factor in, in, in how much I enjoy a film in that sometimes a director may completely miss the mark, but they stumble into something else that I think works on a different level. And even if they didn't intend it, then a good film still comes out which is very different from, say, something like The Room, whereas the entertainment factor from The Room is because he failed so hard. Um, whereas what I'm saying is that a sometimes a director will fail at what they're trying to do, but they'll still land on their feet, but in a different way. And therefore, sure. director intent doesn't matter to me. I don't... So I don't really know what he was intending with this i have i have a vague idea with the hunt yeah i i have an idea of what he was trying to go for and i don't i don't know if what he was trying to do really worked for me but it was a bit confusing but what i watched was um a very funny movie 
that just it felt like a feature length episode of the that episode of uh the simpsons when homer gets accused of sexually harassing the college student you know with the gummy that's a that's a bad thing right because he really the because he wasn't intending for it to be funny right oh no he was thomas winterberg is known for his humor oh okay yeah well i found it very funny but it's just the tone throughout the whole thing like the tone is like a horror film but it's very funny so i was like does he know that this is funny because like, I would argue he's, he does. He's, he's telling it like it's a scary story, but the situation is hilarious. And the things that happen are very funny. I, I would argue... Like, for me, I wouldn't say everything in the movie is funny. Like, for me, there are parts that are genuinely harrowing and, like, make me uncomfortable. But, no, there's always that through line of humour. Like, you don't think that the dog barking every time the ex-wife's name is brought up isn't meant to be funny? Uh, I don't even... Uh, I didn't even notice that. Really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't notice Interesting. that. Cool. Glad we're watching the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Is that um, like... It's not what the movie's about. No, 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 no. Like, I, well, like, if you're... So, what we what aspects of the movie were you finding funny then? Because if you were, were going to say, like, them killing his dog was hilarious then I feel like we're on different wavelengths here. Mm, It was... Yeah, I did find that funny because what I thought was was really funny about it is that uh, he just can't catch a break. Because every time... Sure. Every time something good happens to him, something worse is just around the corner. Like he... You know, at the beginning of the film, he is... um, He's very... Well, he's lonely. He doesn't come across as a incredibly lonely, sad guy. Um, but, you know, the, like the little girl says to him, um, oh, my dad says that you're lonely in that big house. And he's having, and, you know, he wants to see more of his son, but his ex-wife won't allow it. Um, and all he has is his job where he looks after the children and he's good with, and he's good with children. And he seems he seems to be like a bit more alive when he's doing that. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has his job yeah. with the with the kids, and he has his dog. And that's pretty much it. The rest of his life is kind of depressing, falling, um, up. yeah, falling falling around him, yeah, yeah. But then he so, finds, but then yeah. he finds out that his son is is going to come and stay with him more often, and he also meets a woman who he's in, who he's attracted to she likes him they get along great and she becomes his girlfriend and then he gets falsely accused of being a pedophile and so then the girl is like about him and then his son can't come and stay with him and he can't even see him so it's like oh boy he just can't catch a break and that keeps happening it's like then every time it looks like Things are, are going to take a turn for the better. And then they do. Then something worse happens. Like he gets out of jail and it's like, hey, congratulations, everyone. You know, you're, you're not a pedophile. And it's like, hey, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. And his son comes to visit him. And then a rock gets thrown through his window and he finds out that someone's killed his dog. It's just like the tagline for the movie could be like, Lucas is having a bad week. 
And it could be like a Farrell, if like an American remake of this would be like directed by the Farrelly brothers starring Owen Wilson. It's so broad Dude, in that fashion. You are sometimes just the biggest cunt. You know that, right? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just, I just can't believe that's what you'd got from this film. Really? Then what were the funny parts for you? Well, like that. That there's, that there's like. There's like a certain self-awareness and um, level of brevity that I think he's trying to say that people in his country have. Mm -hmm. And when they're facing adversity, there is this level of humor, which is something we do in Australia too. Like, you know, like he's hugging his son and then the people inside are like, you better build your basement before you hug your son again. Oh, right. You know, like shit like that. You you mean like the things that the characters find funny? Yeah, like, I found that funny, too. Like, that's, like, the fact that's, like, that's something, you know, like, not not that you would be accused of pedophilia, but if you were, that's, and you got released, that's something I could joke to you about and yeah. I would find funny. Yeah. Or, like, literally, like, um, I, I don't know, like... Yeah, I like, understand I was, what you mean. So, like, I find, I find the, the, I don't think the theme of the movie is about you know, like trusting children and pedophilia in 21st century and like community gossip. Like, I think that's like a surface thing that's Mm -hmm. there that people might think that that's what this movie is about. But I find the humor, like, I also find it hilarious how quickly people jump on that. Like, that was making me laugh. Like, when he's chasing the teacher out and then she's like running away from him. Like, I found that funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's intentional. Like, he's known, like... Again, I haven't seen enough of his movies because I recommended him to watch his stuff. But from what I've seen outside of uh, the one that we'll get into later, it is it is crafted to be humorous in that sense. So what do you think the movie... Okay, do you think this the movie is about like mass hysteria and um, like pedophilia and stuff? Is that what you find this movie is about? No, I mean like that's... Yeah, that's why I brought up director intent at the beginning, because I I didn't really know what he was trying to get at. I understand why a lot of people would think that the film is is, is attempting to do a commentary on um, mob mentality, maybe. Um, mm. But there's just, yeah, there's there's nothing there. That he's, that I, to me, that's like, if he is trying to do a commentary on that, he's doing a bad job. Because I don't see that's not what I got from it. Yeah, surely so, he can't be because it, that stuff is presented as so humorous, it, and it's presented exactly the same fashion in as in the um, that Simpsons episode I referred to when the town yep. just instantly turns on him, and so it's like, like the exact. Okay. Would same you like to thing. hear my take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I was, because so I'm so used to the American template of things, right? Where it's not, it's at. Did you find at no point in the movie was it in question that he actually did it? No, he clearly didn't do it. He clearly didn't do it, right? Now, if this was an American movie, right, the twist would be, or the the thing that would be, they would be trying to do would be to make people have the the feeling that he may have. And that be like part of the drama. Yeah, it would be like gone that's a girl. very American thing. And 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 I It'd had be that gone in girl, my but head. With a little girl. Totally. So I had that in my brain as what they might be trying to eventually do. So I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, 
I actually was rooting for him. Like the whole time I'm rooting for someone in a, in a conventional American movie could in fact be a pedophile. And that was what was confusing me is because I felt like I was going to get led into a bait and switch where at the end it's revealed that he was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's what was harrowing for me is like the emotional manipulation that could have been happening with the characters in me. Yeah. But when I finished it, I'm like thinking about what all these things mean. And I took it back to like more of a character, like it's a character study about... So this this guy is sad. This guy is lonely. This guy's broken down. Like this guy is a shell of who he was. And and they and they repeat that over and over again through the whole film. And it takes him going to like literally the worst point he could possibly go. And that and and for me that's the worst possible thing I could go. If I'm accused of something that I didn't do that is so fucking despicable, that's mm. that's my that's my lowest point. And that's mm-hmm. his lowest point. And it takes that for him to, I don't like, I don't want to say grow balls because that's kind of a bit sexist, but like find himself and find the courage and confidence within himself to be who he is and to refine that fire in himself. And yeah. that's what I found the movie was about, was like someone who's, who's lost their way and they've finally hit that wall. They've finally hit that rock bottom where mm. it took that for them to rediscover who they are and to fight the adversity. And like, it's literally put on, it's laid on fucking thick with him. And at no point does he give up, you know, like at no point in the movie does he ever ponder giving up. It's, it's this character rediscovering who he is and then sticking to his guns, even though the fucking every single fucking person in that town wants him dead. Nice. I didn't, and that's what I think the film's about. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're under, I didn't, I didn't see that at all. You've just convinced me though, because yeah, like when he gets, uh, when he first gets accused of doing these things. So what happens is the little girl says that he, you know, demonstrated his dick to her. Um, and so the, the, the head teacher of the preschool is like, oh, you know, Lucas, come in here. I need to talk to you. And then she sits him down, basically says, this is what happened. And someone like one of the kids has said that you pulled your dick out. And he just kind of sits there and he's like, oh, no. Oh, uh, well, that's bad. And then he just slinkers away. And, and, and I, yeah, I kept thinking like, defend yourself do something say no yeah oh when when people that's not where he is in his life at the moment yeah yeah but i didn't i didn't see that but then then you know later eventually it gets to a point where people are kicking his ass because they they think he's he's a pedophile and then he wanders back into the shop you know covered in blood and then headbutts the guy and I was you got to like, tell me that was awesome, though, right? Well, like I was, I love, I, I, didn't, I love that he did that. I didn't see it the way that you did, so I was just like, I have no idea what's going on. I just, I thought when he was getting beaten up, when all the shop people were gathering around, being like, "Get out of here!" and then kicking his ass, and then they th- literally throw him out of the shop, and then people rush out and start throwing things at him. Were you laughing? Uh, no, I'm guessing no. No, <laughs> I no. I laughed. I did laugh when I, I did laugh when he walked back in and fucking stomped their asses though. Like that was funny to me. I just found and, that but it was weird. like a, it was like a triumphant, like like funny. Like I'm just like fuck yeah because 
you know, like I was dead set certain he didn't do it, you know, like, and, and I knew he didn't. Well, because you and... see, you see, you see that he didn't because, uh, and one thing that I think, I think it does, I think he does pretty well considering how hard it would be, but to show the reasons that the little girl says the things that she does, you see, um, you see like, cause she's, the thing she actually says to the teacher is like, uh, Lucas has a, a willy and it stands up. And um, th- that's in her head because in the morning, her little brother runs past her with a tablet and he's giggling. And then he shows it to her and he goes, look, he's got a willy and it stands up. And you just see that that's yeah. clearly made an impression on her. So it's just in her head. And you see her mm-hmm. like, our kids just like, say random shit that's just floating around in their head. So she's just sort of like constructed, constructed this sentence out of shit that's just floating about in her head, but it doesn't and actually. she was a bit scorned by him because he. Yeah. Cause was... she kissed, cause she kissed him and he was like, no, you don't do that. That's just yeah. from mummies and daddies. <clears throat> to me, that just like nail in the coffin like he clearly didn't do it you see the reason that the girl says totally but but do you understand that like in an american movie there's still a likelihood that he did oh yeah yeah exactly that's such an easy line to go down where you like tell a narrative and then Mm. the bait and switch happens because american audiences are prepared for that and they need that sometimes like Mm. i've watched movies with people and they go what was the twist (laughs) It's like, well, there isn't any, like... Yeah, you're just waiting like, for the twist to happen. You're just waiting for the twist. You're waiting for it to be like, oh, he is a pedophile. Oh, I my was God. expecting like, that... No. Yeah, I was expecting there to be a twist as well, because I... W- but I was in a similar main f- mind frame of, um, you know, um, Americanized films. But I knew yeah. he didn't do it, but I was expecting the revelation was going to be showing us who did. Because it's hinted at yeah. a few times that, you know probably someone else in her life is is doing something to her sure, because at sure. one point her brother touches her in a weird way her dad like uh, kisses lucas on the lips um inappropriately but when he's drunk so i was like oh is it gonna be revealed that it's her dad doing it and then it's gonna be he's on a mission to expose the dad but that's his best friend but he accused him oh what's he gonna do but yeah like you said that's that's a very american way to make films american thing yeah and that had me on the edge of my seat with this film because i had i just had myself programmed to think that something like that was happening and then that that to me is where the um the tension came from was like expectations. And Mm. at the end of the movie, I was pleasantly surprised and disappointed in myself to think that that's where it was going. Mm. Um, But no, yeah, like that there was humor that humor peppered all the way through. Like you have to agree until, um, until this, that stuff kind of came to the surface, the movie was quite lighthearted and fun. You know what I mean? Like there was this playfulness about it. Even if he's just this sad sack. It's the playfulness that comes with, you know, being a preschool teacher. Sure. And no, but even like the community, like the, the opening scene with him and his mates going skinny dipping and stuff like that. There, there's mm. it's it's a it's a lighter tone, you know? 
Yeah. But um, but do you understand I found my perspective on what I think's happened, like what they were trying. Like, do you think no, that definitely, that's probably think, what they're trying to say? Yeah, I think you're right because I I did not understand what the director was trying to do at all. But I didn't once think that he he was doing something wrong. I was just like, okay, I don't think I get it. But I am enjoying it as a Simpsons Gummy DeMilo episode because there's like when he's like at rock bottom. And he's just, you know, he's just buried his dog <laughs> and he's, and he's had to send his son away because now he's like, doesn't know if someone's going to try to kill him and he doesn't know exactly who's after him and he knows everyone's against him. And then he's just like wiping his glasses in the sink and then the lens breaks. And I was just cracked up laughing. I'm like, oh, Lucas, you just can't catch a break, can you? <laughs> did you, did you want him to win? Were you rooting for him at least? Um, because I kind of I got, I got I really invested in him because nah, like, I didn't really care I think, what happened to him. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't find I him know, to like, be. I, think I didn't find him to be Mads a realistic performance. Well, because it's Mads Mikkelsen, so yeah, cool. But I know Mads Mikkelsen is still alive. If this guy, like, I was expecting him to die. At the end. Well, uh, that's a spoiler. That's the the original ending of the movie is that he mysteriously is shot in the head and left for dead on the hunting trip. That's mm. the original ending of the movie. Yeah. So, you know, at the, in, the, in the film, um, you know, it's, it's, it's presented that a year later uh, they go on the, their annual hunting trip and his son is presented with the family heirloom gun and everyone seems to... Have forgiven Lucas, is that right? Like, uh, it, it seems for the most part that things are back to the status quo. Yep. Um, but then out hunting, uh, he gets shot at, but because the sun's in his eyes, he actually can't see who tries to murder him. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we're left at the ending, But which I think is an interesting ending. Pretty good ending. But yeah, apparently, apparently he was meant to get shot and die. Yeah, so I was um, I wasn't tense because I was concerned he was going to die. I just I knew I was watching um, you know, a European film and Europeans can be quite unpredictable in their filmmaking, so I was like, uh, the whole film has had this, you know, particular PG tone to it, but sure. it could just like up and surprise me and I witness a decapitation. Ugh. So I was worried about that pretty much, but I right. I wasn't like because I, I, I find the characters to be pretty one-dimensional. Um, I, like, he himself, I just, like, I didn't know his name. I had to look it up just beforehand because I kept referring to him as just cool guy, nice man. Because it's just like, he's a cool guy and he's a nice man. At the beginning of the film, it's just like, everyone likes him. Uh, and then he's accused of pedophilia and then everyone doesn't like him. And But he's still... Mm-hmm never demonstrates any flaws and he's only interesting to watch because Mads Mikkelsen is a good actor, but he's so just So, a... were you kind of looking at... Uh, do you know the Book of Job in the Bible? No. I've heard the so name. So, the Book of... I know of it. Uh, the Book of Job is like a Old Testament uh, story about how God and the devil... God is like, oh, well, you know, my, my best my best servant or my best... What do you call it? Oh um, yeah, is that the acolyte. is that the guy that God was like, I can keep fucking with this guy and he'll never stop thinking I'm the best. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And him and the devil place a bet and then they both start and like God literally lets the devil just like burn his house down, give him boils and shit, make him go blind and all that stuff. Mm. 
So what do you think it was kind of one of those stories? Uh, kind of, yeah. He seemed a bit uh, seemed a bit Joby. Like Yeah. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. He's not he's not it didn't feel like a real person to me. And no one in the town felt like a real person. They felt like the the townsfolk in The Simpsons, that it's just like they just instantly turn into a mob and yeah. and that's it. They, that's why the whole know, thing like, felt uh, like a comedy like, uh, to I me because think... they had like the one-dimensional aspect of 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 the characters in a Farrelly Brothers movie. Sure. Well, like like I said, like I think the main theme is what I was presenting about the character having to like. I, I don't like saying grow balls, but you know what? I, like, what's a better way of saying grow balls? You can just say grow balls. No one cares. Everyone knows what that means. Eh, you know, I don't know. Just I feel like there's a better way of saying gain self-esteem, figuring out, rediscovering who you are. Whatever. Um, like, I feel like that's what it's about. But I do think there is some, like, some things that he does say quite well about, like, negativity bias and mass hysteria and stuff. Like, mm. I think we do... And, and that's what terrifies me. Like, I can't tell you that, like, one of my biggest fears in life is being accused of something I didn't do. Mm. Like, the whole fucking Kafka trial shit, you know? Like, I can't think of anything worse than one day people saying you're a pedophile. Mm. You know, like, that's, like, my nightmare. Mm. But it's very easy and quick. Like, I just find it funny that the argument that all these characters have is, like, children never lie. Like, Yeah, that's all they, that's all they say. Yeah, and and the thing is, I can tell you that's not true. I was the biggest pathological Children lying are little five-year-old cunt on the planet. <laughs> yeah. I lied all the time when I was a kid. I once slapped a kid up the head, mm. right? And then the kid's like, I'm going to tell the teacher. And I said, not before I do. And then I ran over and told the teacher that they slapped me up the head and they got detention. Yeah. So, like... Kids just, kids you know, just lie for fun. I actually have a friend... Um, uh, who actually recently was telling me about uh, her her little her her kid, who was just yeah. just um, told the teacher um, that he stayed up all night um, with his family. Uh, they made tents in the lounge room and just watched movies all night. And the teacher was like, um, "Hey, did that happen?" And she's like, "No, what? <laughs> no, of course that didn't happen." And it's just imagination. Yeah, it's just know? kids just... Like, even if they're not deliberately lying, you you certainly cannot trust things a kid says because they don't... They don't... They haven't even fucking fabricated reality in their mind yet. So, that's, mm. that's part of the reason why I was, like, not taking the townspeople serious as characters more as just, like, jokes. But the, But the thing is, like... I that stuff does happen a lot, and I can tell you I've been on the wrong side of history when it comes to accusations. And like in perspective, like sometimes it's better to be a bit more inquisitive and to maybe listen more than just jump on the negativity bias bandwagon. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, so like I don't, I, I didn't think it was, compl- I didn't think it was unrealistic. No, I don't think at it's any unrealistic point. for that for that to be the result. Yeah. But he certainly doesn't... And and I just want to say, I don't even think he's trying to, but any uh, positive uh, like criticism of the film that says 
he explores like how this mass hysteria develops. He certainly doesn't. It's a it's a parody of this shit on the same level as the Gummy DeMilo Simpsons episode. They're sure. just they're just suddenly there. It's a parody of of public hysteria, but it certainly yes. doesn't explore the internal logic of the townsfolk no, and how course, they reach that. B- well, because I don't think that's what it's actually about, though. No, like, definitely no definite level thing. Yeah, definitely not. And, so and, it's and not I do think it asks questions like, with the audience, though. It does ask questions of the audience, and it does make you think about it. But it's not the sort of thing where it's going to deconstruct it. You know, mm. what does it um, make you think about? I felt like it was effective at like making you feel tense. It's like, oh, imagine if you were being accused of this. Wouldn't that well, be no? Bad? But the, okay, so it raised some. Uh, it raised some memories of of me, like for me, of doing similar things to other people. <laughs> what? When did I'm you... not even kidding. Like, okay, so I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names or stuff, but you know, like something said, like someone we both know says something about someone, and the and the general consensus is, oh well, that's not good. They're bad. Let's not spend time with them, or they can't come to things without really knowing what really happened. Oh, uh, okay, right, and. You know, and 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 it happened to me once, and it's one of the most like I still feel guilty for it to this day. Mm. Positive side of the story is is that it was it's been resolved and things are better now. But you know, I sus- like it, it made me reflect on how easy that can happen. Yeah, you know, I suspected that that's probably why uh, American critics and especially the Academy liked it so much that they were like, oh. <laughs> A film that where if there's any message to the film, it's uh don't um don't don't judge someone just because they've been accused of being a pedophile. Yes, I like yeah, that so, movie. I like that moral message. And and that's literally that's literally the opposite of what that movie like that movie's not saying that at all. Like this is not a film like I was at points I was thinking I'm like this is dangerously treading close to like victim blaming propaganda you know like where people are like they're not guilty until proven you know they're innocent until proven guilty and how that enters that gray area mm. um moralistic like morally with certain people and like oh no but the movie th- this movie could potentially be seen as victim blaming by like saying that the girl is the villain and like for me this this movie could open a very big can of worms in terms of like political correctness but like i don't think it does because i don't believe that's what it's about but it just uses those tropes and yeah. that archetypal story yeah. for something i think far more interesting i was wondering that throughout my viewing but i i determined that i i don't think he's making a big enough deal about the pedophile stuff in order for it to be about that but I mean, well, it's all, that's that's resolved two thirds of the way through the film. Yeah, like technically. But I mean, it is it is pretty funny because like uh, you know what it's like when uh, like like how often you know at at parties because of film school and stuff, people come up to you and pitch you their idea for a script. It's like I'm working on a script at the moment. Yeah, it's about. I mean, imagine if someone came up to you and said, "Yeah, I'm working on a script at the moment." Uh, it's about a guy who is, um, a little girl accuses him of, 
being a pedophile, but she only does it because she's in love with him. Uh, but he actually didn't do it. He's actually a really cool guy, nice man. But everyone turns against him. Uh, I would just think, like, is this about you? Are you trying to pre? Are you trying to like preemptively get a defense in, or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I think it's fair to maybe jump to that conclusion. But if you watch the film, it's not really there. I don't think that's what the director is doing. But I do think it's the reason it was nominated for an Academy Award. But that's just your very dark, cynical perspective on the Academy Awards there. Yes. If if that if that's the, the surface level theme and thing that the the movie's projecting, then yeah, the very basic fucking Academy Awards would think that. Because it would be hard um, it would be hard um for I think any other actor to play this role and have you be sure. so sympathetic towards them. You I, have to I, get I a guy in- who's as likable as Mads Mickelson. Well, I found I found it interesting. So after watching this and then It's All About Love, I ended up going out and seeing uh, Another Round, which is his latest movie. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking, I-, I loved it. I preferred it to The Hunt. Um, but funnily enough, Mads Mikkelsen plays a very similar character in that film. Right. So maybe like he's known, maybe that's like what he's known for in Denmark. Like, Yeah, in Denmark, <laughs> he's everyone, yeah, he just plays like a cool guy, nice man. And in America, we just but get like, him, shit, just but get No, 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 villains. but shit, but shit gets like the cool guy, nice, like nice guy, but like has been beaten down by the world. Like that's, that's literally who he plays in another round as well. Like a shell of who he was. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I wonder if that's just like... Uh, I feel like I need to watch more of his uh, European movies, but yeah, we're in, in America, he's not that at all. Um, are there any uh, little aspects of this movie you'd like to give a shout out, like things you liked about it that we haven't really talked about yet? Um, uh, no, nah, not really. I liked, I liked the way it's put, I like the way it's put together. I think you can tell mm. when you're watching like a really talented filmmaker and they're not just, you know, it's, it's about, it's about in the, the little things that they do. So I like the way, um, how it feels, how it feels very natural, even though I felt like the characters were either unrealistic or boring their little interactions with each other feel very natural. I suspect that there's a lot of um, uh, improv. Not uh, oh well, you know how you said you you, you thought they were all one dimensional and stuff. I, I I found that there was a like a very respectable, um, believable sense of chemistry between them. Like, you know, like I do, I did believe that they were best friends, even even during the weird get out of my house and when he's accusing him, like, I did feel that relationship, mm. you know? Um, I just want to give a shout-out to the the girl, the little girl. Um, I thought she did really well. Yeah, there's a for, bunch um, of kids in the movie and usually kids will, like, ruin a movie and they, they didn't. They are all pretty good. But that little girl, I, I don't know why I believe that little girl. Like, she, she seemed very conflicted through the whole film. Mm in a in a very talented way and for like a for like what like a five or six year old or whoever however old the the actress is Mm. i have to say i have to give her a lot of credit for that because 
Like adults can barely do that. And here's this little girl who um who I found just completely and utterly believable through the whole fucking thing. Yeah, she's probably the second best performance in the film. Yeah. Um for me, in terms of things that I, that really annoyed me, is I wanted a bit more closure between the owner the the the, the manager of the kindergarten and and, and Lucas. Mm. Like, I feel like that's kind of just dropped. Like, I know it really becomes about his relationship with his friend and him, like I said, the theme of him, like, finding himself. But I did find it a a bit... I just wanted there to be an interaction between him and her. Like, I felt like that... Like, she was a very important part of the first third of the movie. Mm. And then she just seemingly ceases to exist. Um, that yeah, well, kind of does he ever like? Do we ever see him resolve things with that that woman he was going out with? Yeah, she's with him at the end. Oh, really? Oh, because I They're thought that together, was like yeah. the whole film. Is it's like, you know, first it's a breakdown in the relationship with his boss, and then it's a breakdown in the relationship with his girlfriend, then it's a breakdown in a relationship with his with best his friend, and, and then with his yeah. son, and then finally at the end it's a breakdown with this faceless man that's meant to represent the whole town and his social life, which says things are never going to be the same, no matter how much they may appear on the surface. Yeah. Which is why I Um, liked the ending, even though I wasn't like particularly enthralled by the whole film. I thought it's one of the, one of the very few films I've seen where the best part of it is the ending. Yeah. Well, like, you know, at the end, his son's with him. He's, friends with his best friend again he's able to touch the little girl and, and not be creepy anymore um yeah he's back with everything seems to be resolved but like i think what it's trying to get at that point is like um some people will never forget and like that the, there are so many people out in the world that will in an ignorant way hold on to something mm. even though you know they're on the wrong side of history um but yeah, no, I really wish there was... Because there seemed to be a resolve with everything else. I just wish there was something with um, with the, the teacher. Oh, also, like, because there's all these little details in the in the film, like the dog barking every time the ex-wife's name's mentioned. I just found that fucking hilarious. Um, a nice little detail I'd like to give a... Sh- or uh, character building stuff. So did you notice that when he walked into his best friend's house, um, he just went and got himself a cup? To make coffee, like little things like that yeah. that just show a relationship between people, I found really well done. But I didn't know that that was. I thought it was his house because no, I did because I knew because he was going. He was dropping the girl home, like that's said in the dialogue. So I knew from you know listening to the film that that wasn't the case. So yeah, when he does that, I just thought that was really just a nice little touch, you know. Yeah, because I know the scene you're talking about, and I was like, wait, is this? his house oh wait no that's his friend's house i think that was probably because he seemed so comfortable in there yeah and i I like that they did that like i felt that nice little touches like that also the ending is slightly foreshadowed in an awesome way like um the when the son's getting the gun um they're talking about history of the gun and then it's like and your father gave you this gun and everyone's quiet and then no one responds. And then the guy kind of, I think, notices that no one responds. So he's like, and your grandfather <laughs> failed to shoot so many birds with it. And then everyone's like, yay, and then claps. And like, I found that was just a really nice touch as well. Like mm. to show that like things seem to be better, but like not 100%. Mm. 
Yeah, things are better because they have no choice but to let them be, but really they're not. Because they can never really trust him. Like, even if it... Even if it didn't happen and it was proven that it didn't happen, his public image has been stained in people's psyches. That, that shit just cannot be undone. Mm. Yeah. Anywho, uh, shall we uh, move on to the one of the best films I've ever seen? Yeah, let's talk about definitely one of the weirdest films I've ever seen. Let's talk about love, shall we? Yes. Uh, first shitty performance I've ever seen by Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, he is so... No, all the performances in this film are so cooked. Yeah, they're all really bad. But I was expecting him to at least be good, because he's good in everything. Oh, yeah, no, I was excited when I found out he was in it. Because I'm like, okay, well, then that's going to be something to hold me through this film. Mm. And I think he was one of the worst parts. Yeah. Like, I went into this... I watched The Hunt first, and I thought it was okay. And then I went into this one knowing that it was, uh, well, not necessarily a sci-fi, but I mean, it's, it's set in the future. It's, it's, it's about like, I had zero context when I put this on, yeah, like, no, I had it's... absolutely no idea. I thought it was just going to be a love story. I knew it was set in 2021 mysterious illness and global warming is causing random like frosts and stuff. Yep. So, so I was I'd like, like to give a bit of context yeah. for this one. So he made Festin, which is regarded as one of, you know, the best indie low budget movies ever made, shot on just like little video cameras really cheaply. Um, monumental film. I think it won I don't know if it won the Palm Door, but it, it it fucking blew away a lot of the um European film festivals and stuff. And then he waited he couldn't he he waited kind like it took him five years to write this. Five years. This is his next movie. This is the follow-up to his breakout film. (laughs) And he asked Ingmar Berg... Like, an Ingmar Bergman, who's, like, one of the best Swedish filmmakers in history, one of... I love Ingmar Bergman. Um, He, like, asked for his help on the film, and Bergman's like, no, this sucks. (laughs) Like, and told him that, like, it's, like, like, it's such a pity that he wasted five years on this film. Like... Fuck me. Holy shit. That's a that's a slap in the face, right? Yeah, that's really interesting. So, so yeah, this is the follow-up to his, like, breakout, and it's so confusing. Like, yeah, so I what thought, is this film about? Yeah. Like, what is this? I mean, I thought maybe I was gonna like this because it just sounded, you know, really, really weird. And it had Joaquin Phoenix as the lead. So I'm like, surely I will at least find something to enjoy. Um, but it, it's just so completely fucked. And I think probably a lot of the reason, uh, has to do with, um, translation. Yeah. Like translation and inexperience. Cause like you saying that this is his second film. I didn't know that. Um, but this is like a $10 million Hollywood Oh, it's not Hollywood production. It's 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 like um, it's produced by fucking all over the world. Yeah, there um, was like I think five or six countries were involved in the making of this film. Yeah, but it's like a t- it's like a ten million dollar film, and he's working with Joaquin Phoenix and Claire Danes, and um, yeah, uh, Sean Penn, who clearly was only on set for a day. Yeah, uh, and it feels like it's made by someone with n- like no experience. 
Right. Um, and, and, and it's just extremely try hard. I mean, it feels like, um, like a, like a, like, like one of those really annoying film school students would make, you know, someone who loves Kubrick and Lynch. And so they, they come up with this fucking bullshit because there's a lot of like clearly, um, Kubrick like shots and there's Lynchian type dialogue, but I don't know if that's intended or it's just a bad translation and poor editing that makes it sound like that. Cause everyone speaks in like, um, these strange, like dreamlike sentences and, and wafty, there's like wafty philosophical themes that are just so out there that you can't even fucking touch them. And so no, therefore but it's, but it's like the definition sense. of, it's the definition of pretentious where it's like, it thinks that they're wafty and they're out of this world and mind boggling. But like at the end of the day, everything that they're saying is quite basic. Yeah. Like the, the imagery of um, the, the person like, cause it's set in New York. And so people, when they die, uh, they just leave them to die on this, on the street. And so, you know, that they just step over dead people. And there's one part where, the shot pans to show the car going by and then it stops on a person that has just been put into a garbage can. And it yeah. is like fucking awful social commentary, like so totally. on the nose to the point of parody, but you can tell he's like, tr- thinks it's really clever. Like, I guess so. I was I even know. half the, the, wondering this, the if movie he's... had no fucking, Tension. The movie had no form of pace or any... There was no... Like, this movie was devoid of probably the most amount of energy I've ever seen for a film of this type. Like, if I pitch to you, uh, you know, it's the the world's about to end and a man it has to save his wife from being cloned and murdered, mm. you think there's going to be a bit of tension in that film, right? You think that there's going to be... Like, when they started running away mm. uh, the first time, I'm like, okay, this is where the film really begins. Like, this is when it becomes the the chase film, you yeah. know, lovers on the run sort of thing. And I'm like, okay, I, I can buy into this. But then that's just not what happens. No, then they just catch them. And then, but and then don't do anything to them. No, either. but then they, but and then they, when they get caught, they're just fine with being caught. Yeah. Like that's, and and then the film is just a series of just characters not reacting to things that they should be. Like, mm. um, there's a point where the 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 Claire Danes brother introduces Joaquin Phoenix to the 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 clones, and he just looks at them. Yeah, and clearly it's like a, either a lack of direction or like like a, a lin- like a Kubrickian thing, like you said, where it's meant to be a bit separated from reality. But there the, the just seemed to be at no point any sense of stakes or drama. Yeah. And it was infuriating. Like, I, I, I know you sometimes have to split up movies into multiple, like you have to pause and stuff. Mm. I don't. Mm. But I did with this film. I just had to stop it every now and then just because I, I just was not buying into anything at all yeah you just keep wondering what you're watching yeah and 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 the the lofty themes of like heartbreak killing people and the world is ending and the ice caps are melting or or it's it's fucking winter and summer and shit Mm. i'm just like what does this have to do with the story like it has nothing to do with the story and and i feel like he's trying to 
like where sometimes like it's called like I call it smuggling where you like you have a story where on the surface it's like this is what you think it's about but it's about something else which is something I you know you could make an argument that the hunt does right hmm. but here's him touching these sci-fi elements and these really lofty pretentious dog shit philosophical points when he's like trying to tell a love story but he does he just doesn't nail either of them yeah i think and he's it, trying just fucking to crap yeah i think he's trying to connect like the most you know simple form of interaction with people you know like love romance whatever like a relationship and then connect that to the entire world like so the entire world is 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 dying that's established and then also new york as a city is dying and then the individual people there are dying and these uh you know the the main couple that we follow their relationship is dying and they're trying to resuscitate their relationship but they just can't do it and the people standing in the way are like these greedy corporate fat cats who are manipulating the nature of who who are like literally manipulating nature in order to just keep making money by like cloning this woman uh and just like so that they can keep making money and i think he's trying to you know say something about how you know in their pursuit of greed they are literally manipulating love itself and therefore that is why the world is dying and this mis- that's why the mysterious illness people are dying from is classified as heartache because it's something wrong with their hearts and so all the mis- all the mystery within the film the answer is in the title in it's all about love but it is so boring and it's trying but it's devoid of any love trying so i don't hard feel any love in clever. this film at all no and i think that's you know he's trying to he's trying to have his cake and eat it too to demonstrate that uh look how dead and soulless everyone is you know and it's like yeah but now i'm just so do you watching... think that's the reason for such flat performances from everyone yeah i think that's everyone i think that's supposed, everyone i think that's supposed to be it yeah, because, like, literally, like, I, like, it's snooze level of performance from Joaquin Phoenix, who's like, I have come here to sign the papers. I have a flight in two hours. Mm. Oh, by How the way, Joaquin meant- Phoenix speaks in a really weird accent throughout the whole film, which I didn't even know what it was until it's revealed that he's Polish later. But No, I don't think, he, I don't think it's, re- I, no, he, I don't think it's revealed that he's, that he's Polish. I think it, what's revealed is that he studied Polish literature. Uh, no, he says that he's from Poland because he says she's from Poland too. Mm, whatever. I um, I don't know. But that's revealed halfway I, I didn't even, through. I didn't At the even beginning, hear that. I thought it was, I thought he was trying to do one of those, um, you know, in some uh, futuristic sci-fi films, they give the characters fake future accents. Yeah, that's I, what I thought it was. I thought, I thought it was like, was. that was meant to be a representation of... 2021 funnily enough yeah but he just using their nokia phones in 2021 (laughs) yeah but the accent drops in and out constantly and uh i mean how would you even describe these performances Uh, flat yeah non-existent 
like zero direction bored. given confused but but like i thought like but the thing is like i don't think it's exactly zero direction i think they would like i have to give him some credit to think that they were directed to be like that like he was trying to get something from that and it, and like and it wasn't working because like if you're not going to give a class a actor like Joaquin Phoenix direction i don't think that's what he's going to come up with you know just bad direction i guess I don't yeah, think I don't like think misguided, misguided. Like it just means that the project in itself was misguided the whole time. Yeah, I don't think Vinterberg really knew what he was doing. Like just like no. way too way too lofty in ambition. Trying to make trying to make a film where your central relationship is meant to represent the entire like he was trying to make a film about like life and the universe. Like this is just yeah. Way fucking like beyond yeah he's it's yeah it's it's really bad and then that's what gave me like um southland tale vibes Mm. like it's 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 like someone's reach far exceeding their grasp Mm. and trying to tackle too many things at once but not even not like not really grabbing onto one thing that's important and yeah, the only thing that... And, and just fleshing that out and, and going, no, this is what the heart of the movie is. For a movie about heartache and literally people dying from their hearts exploding or whatever, um, there's no heart That's... and there's no heart of the movie. Yeah, but I mean, like, I like Southland Tales. Uh... You're an apologist for that movie. Yeah, if you've been listening long enough, you'll know that this is an ongoing thing. <laughs> I like Southland Tales, Joe hates it. But the reason I like that, this this reminded me a lot of Southland Tales too. Um, but it doesn't have all the goofy shit in it, which is what I like about Southland Tales. It doesn't have all the all the goofy, silly aspects. Well, like so the the for me, like Southland Tales is like parallel to this in the sense that like he's Trying to do too many things, Richard Kelly. Yeah, way too uh, many. Our good friend Richard Kelly. He's trying to do everything. And he's trying to do too many things, right? But I can see, in a sense, what he's trying to do, mm. and I can see the care there. I just hate what he did. Mm. Whereas in this, it's it's devoid of even that. Like it's there's all this surface level stuff. Whereas like Southland Tales is like quite rich in detail and care and love of things but they just don't stick Mm. you know well but 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 the lofty world building stuff is similar in that sense and of course that it's a huge sophomore miss um is a is a is a connection there but like i don't know it's not exact it doesn't give me the exact same vibes as southland tales but but i I can't help but make parallels no but yeah it's it's definitely there in that regard but this film is so uh, it's even boring to look at. I mean, most of the film feels like it takes place in the one boring ass hotel. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, we're, and and like um, we're mostly indoors. The futuristic New York is just mo- modern day. What what would have been modern day back then? Like you said, people are on their Nokia phones. The only reason you like, know it's set in twenty twenty one is that they say it, and there's the mysterious illness. But it's just like people just drop dead sometimes. And then there's the social commentary on how people don't care. They just step yeah. over them. And it's like, 
I think it takes place in New York on purpose because that's like the epicenter of that sort of uh, terrible behavior. Like do or die sort of thing. Yeah, like they just step over the, you know, like they just step over homeless people. People have lost touch. They don't care. The love's not there. So therefore, that's why the world is dying. If only we could just reconnect. And so that's meant to be represented in these two fucking boring assholes. If only they could just reconnect. But uh, but they can't. And then it gets kind of like, yeah, because of like capitalism, man, or what? I Well, I guess that's kind of what they fucking are hinting at. Because like, for a while I thought I was trying to give this movie credit and think maybe they took it away from him and edited it and made it different. Like there were there were little hints that the film kind of felt a bit janky. Yeah, because like there's points where me. the editing's really bad. And and like I'm like, okay, maybe this was that's why Claire Claire Danes cried, because it's not what the movie they were making or something like that. Mm. But um, I think it's more that she didn't know what she was making and then she was horrified at the result. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, no, no, no. It's like it goes deeper than the editing and the, and the post-production side of things. That just like from almost every element I don't see working at all. Mm. Every element in the film. So I'm like, no, it definitely comes back to the script and it definitely comes back to Thomas, like what he wanted to achieve. And I have a feeling he might not, not have even known to be honest. No, I don't. And, and I think I that's think when he, things like this happen. Yeah. I don't think he ever wanted to really like that whole thing where, you know, we were saying, well, is it about like a criticism of capitalist culture? I mean, that would make sense. That's why it's set in New York. That's why the antagonist is um, like a, I think he's like a CEO or something. I don't know. He's a big rich guy who has investments in the ice skating thing, which Claire Danes is an ice skater. And that's why he, clones her so that he can keep, you know, selling her to the public. Um, So it feels like that is the main criticism there, but it never really commits to it. I think the reason that is, and this kind of confirms it for me, knowing that it's only his second film, is that that then... I don't think it's his second film, but I think it's the first film he's done since his breakout film. Right. Well, then that kind of narrows the vision too much. You know, it's like... Oh, but then it just becomes a film about that one thing. I want it to be a film about everything, you know? So he never really completely nails home. Oh, it's about this one thing. He's trying to make it about everything. But if you try to make it about everything, it means your vision is never concrete. And you get something- And it becomes about nothing. Yeah, you get something like this. It becomes about nothing, which makes it very, very uninteresting, very boring and confusing. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, uh, Sean Penn in this film? Hilarious. I love that. He's, what was the point of him? He's, so Sean Penn plays, uh, the main character's brother, Joaquin Phoenix's brother. And he's just on a plane the whole time. And he's just yeah. like calling Joaquin Phoenix, but never talking to him, just leaving him voicemails. And he just delivers. Yeah. Like wafty wank philosophical dialogue they... it's all about love we cannot have our feet on the ground you know yeah. like stupid shit like that yeah and yeah i literally he would have only been on set for a day right like that's there's like four scenes of him and they're just like really stupid pontifications yeah he's just of nothing and then he got a paycheck and left yeah 
pretty much. Like he's just probably probably too much money to be honest. Pops up occasionally. Um, I don't know if he, how much he got paid because you know Sean Penn would have been like love to have been in this film, knowing how successful Vinterberg's you know previous masterpiece was. Also, that's probably like why an actor like Joaquin Phoenix and you know Claire Danes just went along with it and didn't yeah. and, and they were shocked at the end result because you know you're on set none of this makes sense I'm doing a stupid accent but hey this Vinterberg guy like look at the film he just made and he seems excited and passionate about this and I don't really understand but hey maybe I just don't know I'm just going to trust in this visionary director and then this comes out yeah and what do you, i don't know how you even perceive something like this yeah um are there any other points you want to make about this movie i'm kind of i'm i'm drawing at straws other than saying it sucks and it's confusing and it's m- like messy it's just messy yeah it sucks but if you like watching shitty films you know like um, don't watch this one. This is boring. No, this no, is not no, a good no, no. shitty film. No, no, no. I reckon it's all right. I mean, like, I didn't really like it because I quit drinking and I was by myself. But I definitely was watching it thinking, I wish I was with my friends and drinking beers and watching this. Because if that's the type of thing that you like to do, then I would definitely recommend throwing on It's All About Love because... Uh, I think it's one of those films. Not the not Laugh not anywhere near cooked it is. Not anywhere near the best, but yeah, it's cooked enough that you'll have a good time. Because it's not that long either. It's like an hour forty. Oh, it felt like seven hours to me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, shall we get into these reviews? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's bloody do it. So this is a one out of ten review for the piece of shit we just talked about. Weird, incomprehensible. Why are you doing them in reverse order now? I'm curious. Wait, is this reverse? Is it, I don't know. You always seem to do... You The last couple of times you've been doing the worst first. Yeah. Uh, this one's just the one sitting in front of me. So, I'll okay. I'll do this. Uh, I went to watch the film because I had Joaquin Phoenix, Claire Danes, and Sean Penn in it. Lesson one, I will never watch a film again just based on who the actors are. It is no guarantee that the film will be good. <laughs> Safe bet. Joaquin Phoenix's character is on the way to Canada, but stops by New York to sign his divorce papers. First nutty scene, a dead man is being bounced back and forth on the last step of the escalator as Joaquin and Entourage go down, and Joaquin is told to walk over the dead man. I did find that funny. Yeah, I found it like, you know, because yeah, then I thought that the film was going to then amp up on that, you know, as she calls it here, nutty, like nuttiness. But... You know, other than seeing the dead man put in a, a trash can, it doesn't it doesn't really do anything more nutty than that. Um, it's just there. Yeah, it's just happening in the background for most of the film. Um, so that's where the title of the film comes in. It's all about love. I should have left the theater at this point, but I thought I'd sit a while more to find out just what is love all about. My mistake. This was the strangest film I have ever watched in my entire life. Elena clones, Claire Danes is Elena, the ice skating star, 
Snow in New York in July, snow in Africa, Africans flying literally and having to tie their feet with a piece of rope to keep them aground, so to speak. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. And finally, Sean Penn in a plane that can't land because of continuous snowing. It is neither uplifting nor entertaining, just painful and boring. Yeah, what the... Okay, yeah, the the Ugandans um, are going to fly away, like literally like float away and they have to tie themselves (laughs) to the ground... What was up yeah, with so they that? Don't fly away. What was up with I that? I think, I guess it's like the global warming thing. The Earth's gravitational pull was going out of whack. I don't know, but I'm trying to think about thematically what he's trying to say. Like, are they getting summoned to heaven or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah, the last shot of the film is a bunch of um, Ugandans like floating in the air and they're tethered to the ground. It's just confusing. It's pretty funny though. Anyway, <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah, and like the walking over the dead man thing. Uh, I mean, like that kind of so on the nose social commentary. Um, sounds like it should be funny, but it's not. It's it's treated like deathly seriously, and so yeah, it's not even like treated as as a joke, which it could be an okay joke, you know. Sounds like something you'd see in like a, you know, like an old Mel Brooks comedy, like about characters in New York who just like step over a dead man. They're like, oh, just step over him. Yeah. Um, this is for the same film. 10 out of 10. Simply beautiful. Um, okay. Some movies are well done. Come are excellently directed. (laughs) But there's another kind of movies. The beautiful movies. The second Vinterbergs are one of this kind of movies that don't make you think, just make you feel. I think this is a beautiful movie and you have to see it without any thought in your mind. Just enjoy the great cinematography, the great scenes and a very blue movie. Um, did you... What? The cinematography, because I actually wanted to point out that I thought it looked like dog shit. Yeah, it didn't look good at all. Okay. Uh, just I didn't find the film interesting looking whatsoever. All it was giving me was trying to rip off Eyes Wide Shut vibes. Yeah, 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 but yeah. not doing it well. No. Uh, just check it out and be prepared to feel and feel very nice. Exclamation mark. Maybe it's a misunderstood film because of the entire plot are absurd in some moments. But I say again that you don't need to think about the pictures on screen. You need to feel the cold of the movie. The cold in the hearths and the in the and the cold in the room. I mean it's a film what? to enjoy, no to think. <laughs> Does that even mean That's by Geraldo Fajardo? Just don't think about it and watch it. Is that is that what they're saying? Yeah, don't watch feel. Oh I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I understand that argument sometimes, but when it's a film like this it's nearly impossible to ignore the gaping holes in every aspect of the fucking movie. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I think I understand what he's saying, like, about the, you know... It's because there's, there's plenty of films like that where it's like, hey, look, it doesn't it doesn't exactly make sense. The film is more it, the film is metaphorical. It's not literal. It's meant to make you yep. feel something, not meant to make you think about where the characters are in the exact moments. It's trying to you know say something uh, about important things. You know. Yeah. Um, I get that. He just doesn't do a good job 
of of that it doesn't it doesn't make me feel it doesn't oh, he fails and he fails completely it doesn't even make me feel uncomfortable and i understand what he's trying to go for to sort of make you the audience member think hmm boy yeah maybe i i am not loving enough maybe this world isn't you know doesn't have enough love in it look everyone knows that that that's part of the very annoying thing about some of these fucking european directors they think they're the only ones who are feeling because they're the only ones talking about it everyone knows (laughs) everyone knows okay you're not you're not bringing people's feelings back to life people have feelings you're not a genius for pointing out that New York is cold-hearted. Do you think you're fucking clever for pointing that out? Asshole. Okay. Yep. This is a 10 out of 10 review for uh, The Hunt. Emotionally draining, but truly moving. Ripped from the headline story by Larry411. Uh, okay. The Hunt is... I'm just worried that this is going to be a guy who's like, I can speak from personal experience and it's not okay for people to just jump to conclusions just because you're hanging out by the school too much. Uh, (laughs) I've been caught at the park about several times and... uh... (laughs) People need to chill out. The Hunt is the latest unflinching drama from Danish author Thomas Vinterberg, co-written with Tobias Lindholm. This is an ambitious star vehicle for legendary actor Mads Mikkelsen, an icon in Denmark and familiar face around the world as well. He plays Lucas, a small-town kindergarten teacher, and it's heart the story is ultimately a powerful comment on prejudice based on true incidents that may leave you emotionally drained but truly moved. There's a bit more, but I just want to ask you, did you hear about this being based on true incidents? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hear anything. Yeah, it's about the guy writing the review. <laughs> this is about me. <laughs> I'm a cool guy, nice man who has been unfairly accused of... This movie's about people like me who love to chill out with their dick out. <laughs> um, to delve into the plot here would reveal too much. So I'll just say that the film is quite dark and deals with some very difficult subject matter that can be very hard to watch at times. I'll leave it to you to decide if you want to be more aware of the details by looking up a basic synopsis. Okay. Uh, Is that the review? Yeah, that's the whole review. That's the most upvoted. Good for you, man. That's the most upvoted. Oh, no, 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 no. I had to avoid a couple of the really verbose ones. Unless you wanted me, unless you wanted to read the, the really intense ones. No, yeah, that's fine. We'll just go with that. And by t- intense, I mean like seven paragraphs, eight, nine, even more. <sighs> this was the third most upvoted one. Oh, okay, still. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, cool. I can't believe some people write seven paragraph long IMDb reviews. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, we're going to start reading some of them mm. from time to time. Just, I'm, I might vet, because I don't vet them. I don't read them. Mm. I just uh, let, I want to hear them for the first time when you do. Yeah. And I get scared at the really long ones because I'm scared they're going to be like plot synopsises and we don't really need a plot synopsis. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's also like too long. Yeah. Relax. A review should be able to fit into a tweet. Um, Extremely Unrealistic One Star by Jonah Songs. This is one of the worst, most preposterous films I've ever seen. The reactions of the teacher in the villages are totally unrealistic. 
Lucas hardly blinks when told a child has accused him of abuse. He doesn't seem shocked, but just shrugs. Okay, so first of all, I just want to say before I go on, um, I understand what he's saying with the reactions of the teacher and the villagers are, are unrealistic. I think he means unwarranted, but I don't think they're yes. unrealistic. If anything, that that's it's scarily realistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it it, it appears unwarranted in the context of the film, but that's kind of what happens in real life. I don't know where it's coming from that it's unrealistic. But also when, and Lucas hardly blinks when he's told a child has accused him of abuse. That's we, we went over like, that's kind of the point of the character, right? In that he's, yep. he's a, a bit of a, bit of a coward. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he doesn't seem shocked, but just shrugs, conveniently making him look all the more guilty in the eyes of the head teacher. She, you know, I've never really thought about it until now, but it is kind of like... Um, have you read um, Have you read the book The Outsider? No, I haven't. Um, this is a really good book that I'd recommend everyone read, and it's fucking short too, so that's... That's a big plus. It's like hundred something pages. This book called The Outsider by uh, Albert Camus. Um, And it's about a guy who ends up um, on trial for murder. um, And and it just just demonstrates that he gets there um, not by looking guilty, but by not, not openly defending himself when he's falsely accused of things. And only just now thought it's it's kind of similar in that way because uh it's actually the point that lucas doesn't go crazy and defend himself at the beginning um because if anything it's a more decent thing to do he's like well i didn't i didn't do that so okay well it's the whole what's her name um who's that australian lady that dingo ate her baby oh yeah she was just kind of like uh Mono- going through shock and yeah. didn't seem hysteric about it. So people assumed she was guilty. Yeah. What's her name? I, I don't know. I can't, can't remember her name. I was going to say Chappelle Corby, but that's the fucking boogie board <laughs> chick, isn't it? Chappelle Corby, dingo ain't my baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck. Yeah. I didn't realize how much of a part that plays. I'd have to pro- maybe watch it again. But right now I'm thinking maybe that plays a big part in it. In how, in like, definitely, in how chill Lucas is at the at the at the beginning. But that's the thing is like, people deal with trauma in different ways, and it's sad to think that because someone isn't so extroverted about something that goes wrong, that they're more likely to be the victim of something like this. Mm. Like, I don't know how hysteric I'd be. I'd probably be in shock. You know, I'd start yelling at people. Really? Yeah, that's why I couldn't relate to him because if someone like accused me of that, I would just be so I'd be up in their shit so quickly. Mm. But that's just because I that's don't know. how I usually react when people accuse me of things. Yeah, is I start screaming. <laughs> Not really okay. screaming. That's good to know. I but feel I'll like, just I feel like, like I've never seen that before. Put my big fat finger in their face and I'll say. Shut your fucking mouth. Don't you ever say a bad word about me or I'll 
fucking killed him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wish he did uh, that. He should have, like, by the he way. He should have, like, stood up and flipped the table when that, as soon as that teacher said that shit. Beat her to death or something? Just, like... Yeah, just punched a, a whole single hole in the wall and stared at her until she <laughs> told him to leave. Uh, I'm just going to say to the listeners, that is not what you should do at all. Yeah, well, don't do what he does. I still think that's a better response than what he does, which is he just goes... Well, I know, but you can understand... So, like, I can understand his point, right? Where, like, you don't do something. So, and you believe in, like, oh, okay, well, I didn't do it, so this is fine. This is going to work out. Yeah. Why would you get... I can understand why some people would be like, well, why would I get animated? I'm innocent. Mm Mm-hmm. So I understand both points of view there. I just don't know how I'd react. I feel like I'd go into shock. Right. Um, and probably shut off just because I'm like, oh my God, like, this is fucked. How did I get here? Yeah, and it'd be so I'd probably hard be worried about if what I, like, anything that I do would probably not help my case at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like there is, because he's even passive, like, when he's denying it in a way. He's just like, do you think I did this? Like that that that's that was his main thing was like he wanted people to say whether or not they think he did it. Yeah. It was never like I didn't well he did he would say on over and over he would say I didn't do it, but more often than not he he would be going, "Do you really believe I would do this?" Yeah. That was his response to that. Yeah. Um which like I understand as well because like you want to know how people perceive you and like mm. Are you talking to someone that genuinely thinks you're a pedophile or not? Like, that that really does change the dynamic <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. You know? Yeah. Like, I couldn't sleep with someone who thought I was a pedophile. Like, I'd tell them to get out of my house. Yeah, he throws his girlfriend out of the house because she's like, did you do it? He's like, get the mm. fuck out of my house. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Anywho. she and the villagers all base their conclusions on the premise that children don't lie. Oh, come on. Um, yeah, I I took that as a joke. I t- yeah, I t- it's t- a joke. I, yeah, I took that as like a like a like a Simpsons joke. Like the townsfolk. That's like they just they're like, hey, come on, like Maggie couldn't Ch- possibly shoot Mister Burns. Yeah, come on, children don't lie, and it's like, haha. They lie all the time. That's all they fucking do. They're little lying machines. Um, Even when the child tells her mother that Lucas did nothing and she was just saying something foolish, the mother puts words into the little girl's mouth, saying she probably just doesn't remember what happened. Yeah, well, but that but that's like preceded by like the teacher saying that she might say it didn't happen later, but like that's her just trying to deal with it. Yeah. So that ha- that was addressed earlier. That doesn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you know. Lucas' friends immediately turn against him, fully believing the little child. There are lots of meaningful looks instead of realistic dialogue. It is an art film, after all. The end of the film is a major cop-out and absolute rubbish. <laughs> Suddenly, it's one year later and everything's hunky-dory, so the filmmakers... But it's not, though. Yeah. It's very clearly not. Yeah. it's Things are tense, but every everyone's kind of, like, pretending. Yeah. So the filmmakers were too lazy or too unable to explain how Lucas came to forgive the so-called friends who had condemned him. Does Lucas never condemns them, though, does he? He kind of, like, wants people to forgive him throughout the whole Yeah, well, film. he condemned... I, I feel like that there's a point where he clearly condemns his friend in the church. Yeah. 
That's like because that's what really matters to him, I think. Mm. That relationship in particular, but that relationship is the, like the linchpin for the whole. Yeah, but I thought community. it's like as soon as as soon as that guy forgives him, Lucas pretty much then is like, okay, cool, thanks. Well, yeah. Also, like the father of the person that's accusing you, like theoretically, you know, you'd hope people would forgive you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, so the filmmakers are too lazy, unable to explain. Lucas forgives Charlotte, beaten him, killed his beloved dog, and ruined his life and reputation. Uh, he's not friends with every single person in the town. That would be just a little too difficult to justify, I suppose. No, the story is utterly unbelievable, preposterous, and annoying. In fact, it could be considered dangerous, as it might put ideas into some kid's head about how to get revenge on a disliked teacher. <laughs> kids aren't watching this Jesus film. Come on, Christ! There's even no, a scene obviously copied from *The Deer Hunter* at the very end. I'll give it one star for the scenery; otherwise, awful. Um, what do you think this guy's deal is? What's their name on their username? Jonah Songs. I don't know. I don't get it at all. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't either. get their perspective at all. I'm not really understanding any 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 of this. Maybe just found it boring. Maybe just found the movie boring. Yeah. I just wanted or needed he saw things a, to write about. Saw a movie saw a movie called The Hunt. With the guy who plays Hannibal in it, and is like, "Yeah, this movie's going to be sick." And then, yeah, it's just... they're going to be like chasing down a killer. Yeah, they're going to be chasing down a, a, a killer pedophile. And then it's it's not a it's not a movie of just like bros bashing a pedophile's head in, and that's all he nah. wanted. <laughs> and he's like, "What is this?" Like you can t- like hear when he says, "It is an art film, after all." He's like pissed off that it's no, it's a fucking art film. I got to read subtitles for this. Yeah, fuck, nah, I don't, don't like this person's review at all. Okay. Anywho, what are, your, what are your final fart ratings for the two films? Um, I liked The Hunt. Um, I think that I probably didn't watch it correctly and I didn't get it, but I had a lot of fun watching it. I thought it was a pretty funny, enjoyable movie made by a competent director and it stars Mads Mikkelsen and he's really good always. So I'll give it a pass. It's a five farts. For me, five farts. Yeah, thought it was out of ten. Yes, pass, okay. passing grade. Um, it's all about love. Is one of the shittiest films I've ever seen, but it's only an hour forty long, and um, I laughed quite a few times because it's like a, a just just fucking ridiculously bad. Um, so I'd recommend you watch that if you like watching bad movies, but only if you like. Are seeking them out. If you if you yeah. if you're only interested in watching, you know, the, the the cream of the crop of shit, then skip it. But um, you know, if you like um, even just you know things that aren't quite the room, but they're um, still pretty funny, uh, check it out. I give it a one. Yeah, fair. Uh, seven out of ten farts for the hunt for me, and but that really relies like. That comes from my perspective about what I think it's about. Mm. Um, Like, hypothetically, if he were to come out in an interview and say that was not the intention, it doesn't really matter because once you release a film, the only perspective that matters is the audience. But 
for me, the whole film relies on the fact that that it's about someone rediscovering who they are mm. and you know standing up to everyone and proving that he's not just a shell of who he was. And that's really what my perspective of the film relies on. So yeah, seven out of ten farts, and it's funny. And I think I just like. I do think some of the community are quite one-dimensional, but I don't think it's about them, so it's fine. But I think the general chemistry, at least between him and his best friend, is pretty good. Um, Yeah, and then It's All About Love. I have nothing to say about that movie other than what I did. One out of ten farts. Fuck it. It's preposterous. It's pretentious. And nothing in it is any good at all. Like, nothing is good. And and, and it just doesn't make any sense at all. And it hurts my brain. Um, what are we watching next week, Dan? Oh, next week, uh, I thought we would continue with the uh, art theme and um, watch the best and the worst of Orson Welles. All of Orson Welles? Yeah, what, he only made like three movies, didn't he? She, man, you... Whoa. No, 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 he's okay. directorial efforts. My God. Okay. Well, I've seen about nine Orson Welles movies, so and I haven't seen all of them. So let me just... Let's have a look at his directorial output. Okay. We have... Where are we? Come on. Yeah, it's more than three. <laughs> let's just... Uh, complete feature films. We've got Citizen Kane, The Magnificent Ambersons, The Stranger Lady from Shanghai, Macbeth... Othello, Mr. Arkin, and Touch of Evil, The Trial, The Chimes at Midnight, F for Fake, and The Other Side of the Wind. Um, okay, I can do the math on those. All right. Fun. Cool. The best and worst of uh, Orson Welles. Directorial stuff. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.